1: You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is.
2: You know, we had no,
1: we did not want to, uh, had no intention of trading Digs uh, at the uh, at the combine.
2: Uh, he's a great player for us. Uh, he was great in the community. Uh, but then there was an opportunity, business opportunity that came up as this evolved that we felt was both good for Stefan and was good for us. Uh, and we decided to go ahead and make
1: the trade. But we'll always appreciate uh, everything that, uh, that Stefan has done for us here in Minnesota and wish him nothing but the best. That was General Manager Rick Spielman on a Zoom call with reporters today. Uh, I have no intention of eating the brownie that I know is at home waiting for me, but should the business opportunity of a cold glass of milk be offered, I will be eating that uh, brownie. Yeah, I'm sure that he knew there was the possibility when he answered at the combine. I wish he had just said, I was lying to you guys. Come on. I, I kind of had to. Do you know how this works? Um, now we uh, we welcome in here a couple minutes late, and I apologize for that. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. What's going on, Mike?
0: Not much. Just looking forward to Thursday here. Thanks for having
1: me on. Yeah, for sure. Now, I I need someone to break down. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands because on Twitter, Ian Rappaport dropped a mega bomb that Rob Gronkowski wants to come back. This just happened on Twitter. He wants to come back and he wants to be traded to Tampa to play with Tom Brady. This was one where you had to, like, click Rappaport's name a couple times and be like, that's okay. The blue check mark. This does look like the real guy. But uh, it, you think this is going to happen, and what would that mean for Tampa Bay, and what would they trade them for?
0: Yeah, what year is this, that team that guys are requesting trades from New England to Tampa? <laughs> right. It,
1: yeah. This
0: isn't the Jaguars, right? This this is New England we're talking <laughs> about. But no, uh, I think, I mean, so from the Patriots' perspective, yes, you don't want to set a precedent of, like, cowtowing the players, but like this is a unique situation, yeah. and any draft capital is better than a retired player on your hands. You know, like yep. anything here, you'll take a seventh rounder, like realistically. So uh, I think they'll play a little bit more hardball than that, and probably fetch maybe maybe do a straight up swap for OJ Howard something like that uh, in this trade talks. But I think they get something real in return and. I mean, Patriots fans, I know you don't want to see a guy play for another team, but you should be happy about this. It's better for the future for him to retire here.
1: Right, it makes really no difference to the Patriots whatsoever. They're not a Super Bowl contender anyway. That's the only place you are going to meet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so whatever. I mean, you're not making it, but I did picture in my mind sort of like the camera cutting to Brian Hoyer and being like, what? Come on, Gronk. Like You, know, you don't want to come back with old Bry? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, imagine now, Mike Evans, Gronk, Chris Godwin. I mean, uh, what Brady goes from having a washed-up Mohamed Sanu, an Edelman who washed up Julian Edelman, and no one else who could catch a football last year, to now potentially the best trio of receiving options if Gronk is still Gronk that we have seen in a really, really long time. I don't even know what to compare it to.
0: Yeah, oh, I think the whole if Gronk is still Gronk is the big point there, though. Like, mm-hmm. even his last year in New England was not good. Like, there was a reason he retired. And it's because the back was shot. And he was not the same Gronk that we saw. Like, he just could could barely move. So, I think that was a big part of it. And maybe a year off, maybe the back is uh, – backs are, you know, finicky injuries. It's not necessarily that it's gotten worse, it's that it could have gotten better with weight loss, whatever. He could be back to what he was. But that's a big if at this point. I will say, though, just – it is a massive upgrade from what he had last year. Like even just Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, even if nothing more, they add at this point, even if Gronk never makes it there, I do think it's still, uh, some of the best talent he's worked with in years.
2: It
1: has run through my mind before Mike, uh, about this, like Richie incognito took a year off, not really by his own doing, but then came back. It was really darn good and he did that twice, uh, not by his own doing, and both times he came back and was still a a good quality NFL guard, and I've had it it sort of just pop into my head a couple of times about, like, if you get to 30 and you took a year off, if any quality like All-Pro or Pro Bowl level player got to 30 and always took a year off, that it could extend their careers, and you would almost advise it. Like, what if you wrote it into contracts? I don't know if this would ever happen, but you wrote it into a star player's contract. You're going to take a year off at age 30 and then come back and play four more years or something. Because even Trent Williams, I'm pretty confident if Trent Williams comes back, he's going to be fantastic and healthier than he's ever been.
0: Yeah, there is. I mean, the game of football, I think taking time off is not, shouldn't be seen as a negative Whereas, like, you know, skilled games, like maybe basketball, uh, you know, maybe pitching in baseball, something like that. Like taking time off, it's probably not – you're probably going to have some rust to knock off. But with football, like the pounding it takes on your body, taking time off can heal a lot of things that maybe wouldn't have healed or, or don't heal over the course of the season and over the training it takes to stay in football. So, yeah, I was floored to find out Rich and is going to be 37 this year. That's and crazy. Still playing off guard in the NFL.
1: Yeah, no, that's crazy. And I think you guys had him somewhere in like fourth or fifth best guard in the NFL in terms of the PFF grades. It's just nuts. I'm talking with Mike Renner. He's the lead draft analyst at PFF, the two-for-one podcast, which is a must-listen as you prepare uh, for the NFL draft. So I wrote an article with a little help um, via DM from your co-host on your podcast, Austin Gale, to help me out with this. As potential boom-or-bust type of prospects – that the Minnesota Vikings could look at. And you tell me if you agree with, I'll give you a couple here, and you tell me if you agree with them yeah. and if they make sense for the Vikings. So I don't know if Von Chason will be there, but it's possible. Same with Denzel Mims, Austin Jackson, uh, LaVisca Chenault, Ross Blacklock. Like, any of these guys stick out to you? Or do you have one that pops into your head quickly um, when I say boom or bust and Vikings?
0: Yeah, Mims very much seems like a boomer bust. I I think we said Jalen Rager as well as last time I was on is a good fit for like what the Vikings need in terms of guys with speed guys with all the athleticism in the world, some production concerns some concerns about how they'll translate to the NFL. And uh, I think we've seen that at the NFL level, just running the four threes doesn't make you a deep threat. Like speed is good, but it doesn't all of a sudden make you a productive downfield, you know, football player and, They all both had their ups and downs at TCU and Baylor respectively. So yeah, if they are going wide receiver, I think if they're going looking at those two guys, I think there's a high boomer bust potential. Maybe not, Complete Laquan Treadwell potential, but some boomer bust potential.
1: So, uh, who's the opposite of that in terms of a first or second round receiver? If Mims is the guy that you aren't sure because he didn't put up the huge numbers and maybe his separation skill isn't as good as you'd like, but has the freakish NFL Combine and then rises up everybody's board, who is the one who doesn't have the skills but you love the way that they play and might might not have that ceiling where they can be the next Julio Jones, but have a pretty good chance at being a solid. NFL receiver.
0: I think that's Michael Pittman to me. That's why we kept moving him up, you know, every single time. We're like, man, he really he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses to his game. And now I guess he's a little older on the older side for our receivers. He's a senior coming out, but big dude, doesn't drop balls, got a big catch radius, is athletic for a 220-plus pound wide receiver, great three-counts combine, went just over four or five. Like, he does a lot of things well already that, yeah, maybe he's not going to have the high-ends that a Jalen could, a Denzel Mims could, but I think you're just going to get a good wide receiver, and that's, again, if you're leaving the first round, you want to stack good players, and mm-hmm. I think that that's why we call, consider Michael Pittman a first-rounder.
1: What about these tackles? Uh, I included on my Boomer Bust list Austin Jackson and Isaiah Wilson. Austin Jackson, because he's amazingly athletic, but the production wasn't great, and Isaiah Wilson, because he's just the most giant man. And and I've seen his name popping up more and more as being like a second round or a late first round, which is a I guess a little confusing because he wasn't there a while back. But uh, you know, what do you make of both of those guys? Because I think that the other tackles are going to be gone well before the Vikings pick.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't like taking projects at offensive tackle, like mm-hmm. flat out. You want guys who are already doing it well because it's such a skilled position. It's kind of like, hey, let me teach this guy how to shoot three-pointers some guys can learn how to shoot three-pointers but like steph curry was shooting three-pointers at an elite level when he was 12 years old (laughs) the guys that can do it have been doing it should have been doing it by now sort of thing so i worry about just pure project attack on wilson and uh i think as for cleveland i'd even throw in that mix with along with Austin jackson feel like projects and to me first round is not where i take that project i'll take that project in the third round and see if he develops fourth round see if he develops but first round, if if a guy's not already past second at a high level, uh, I'm, I'm not going to take that chance.
1: Yeah, and the Vikings nailed it on Brian O'Neill, who was the same sort of yep. thing, like a project tackle. But you take him late in the second round, not in the first round. Uh, I wanted to ask you about an article that you wrote about players stepping in right away and um, NFL teams... Uh, you know, trying to fill for needs. And I don't know if you were watching Last Dance, uh, the other day and how the Portland Trailblazers drafted for need and took Sam Bowie leaving Michael Jordan to fall to the Chicago Bulls. Um, but you know, it's the all time example of. Do not try to fill needs in the draft. You should take players that are just talented. In the Vikings situation, it's a little weird though, Mike, because you could draft almost anything and it probably fills a need that they have. So how do they balance all these different spots that they have? They need a couple of corners. They could use offensive linemen. They could use receivers um, with you know, trying to get players who will be a big part of their future.
0: So to me, that matters kind of the most early in the draft when there's the tiers are pretty sort of evident of player value and player sort of performance once you get to the 20 range you might see you might have you know uh, if you do like a horizontal draft board you might have five guys on the same tier at that point in time at which point yes obviously take the guy who is at the position that you're the worst at or the position where you you know you have the least amount of talent or least invested in go ahead and do that there so I do think the way they're shaking out for the Vikings, you know, they have need that defense tackle, defensive ends, cornerback, wide receiver, four, you know, four highly paid positions. It's not like you're drafting a center in the first round who's, you know, like I said, not a highly paid position in the NFL nowadays. It's four valuable positions. So go ahead and like take which one seems like it's at the top of your board at that point. I don't think that would be necessarily considered draft I wouldn't consider that drafting for a need at that point.
1: Now, if they were to draft, say, defensive end comes to mind for like being one of those where in this class you would be doing Mm -hmm. it because Everson Griffin is leaving. Uh, With even with Chase on, it seems pretty risky to me. Um, with the lack of production, it's always a red flag. Not everybody's going to be Daniil Hunter who doesn't have the production and then turns into one of the best players in the NFL. There are certain positions where I could justify it less or where it would look much more like you're trying to fill for need right away. If you take a tackle, that's probably for 2021. If you take a defensive end, it's for 2020. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and I can see that with the way this edge class is. It's just not super talented, and you're not. I don't think the value at 22 or 25 is going to be there. So, yeah, I think if you did they did go that route, I I would get on board with probably calling that sort of a need, a panicky. I don't know, it was a lot panicky, but like it definitely a need filling sort of pick.
1: Okay, I made a list, and this will be the last thing because I know you've probably got a, a ton of these appearances this week, and I have also had you on three weeks in a row because you're special, Mike. Yeah. But um, I got a list that of players that I know are going to be great in the draft. Now I've explained okay. draft nihilism to you before, but I, we made our lists. We sort of put it down on paper. These are who we think are going to be good. Um, I have Andrew Thomas is first on my list. I put Michael Pittman second. Ben Barch is third because he's a Minnesota and he's one of us. And I'm also <laughs> intrigued. If you're a small school guy and you make this much noise at the senior bowl and NFL combine, I'm very interested. Uh, AJ Terrell, the corner and Curtis Weaver, the pass rusher from Boise State. How is my list?
0: I like that list. Those guys are all already good. I think that's the thing. you want the guys that are already good, don't give me these projects. Give me guys that are already doing it.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, trying to balance those things is is really tough because I think the Vikings do it the right way, though, Mike. Drafting projects later on, if you take four seventh-round defensive ends who are all tall and run four fives at the combine, like one of them will work, right? (laughs) You might as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's when you probably, because if a guy was good in college and already lasted to the fifth, sixth rounds, there's probably a reason why. And it's probably yeah. it's not going to work in the NFL.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. All right, Mike. Well, uh, I will give you the space now. Promote yourself as much as you want. What do you guys have going on at Pro Football Focus this week?
0: So, we got a draft show live on pretty much all our YouTube, Twitter, I think our Facebook, whatever, anywhere you find PFF, you can probably find our draft show that'll be throughout the first round. I'm not sure if we're even doing a day two one. I probably should know that, but. Sure, you just, are. Just probably. go to PFF. Yeah, just we're going to do one. So, yeah, go to <laughs> our YouTube for that. And we're going to be breaking down all the picks there. Uh, and I can't wait. This is going to be one of the most interesting first rounds in memory because of all the interesting things going on in the lead up here
1: and also go to pff.com and you guys have uh you know good deals on subscriptions things like that and the two for one podcast the must listen so thank you for all your time during draft season mike uh very much appreciated
0: for sure thanks for having me on matthew have a good one man yep take care
2: hi this is chris howard host of plugged in with chris howard And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.